This Three Beards Media Podcast may contain mature themes. And if you're not down with that, we got three words for you. Like the podcast. Nailed it! This Three Beards Media Podcast is sponsored by Revelton Distilling Company. When Rob and Chrissy Taylor started following the Kentucky Bourbon Trail in 2012, they fell in love with not only bourbon, but the entire distilling process. Just eight short years later, in 2020, Revelton Distilling Company was opened, offering an entire family of products, including vodka, gin, whiskey, and Revelton Shine. Come visit the tasting room at 1400 West Clay Street in Osceola, Iowa, where you can sample one of their many spirits, including four gold medal winners. Can't make it to Osceola today? Not a problem, as you can pick some up at your local Hy-Vee or Fairway grocery stores. Follow Revelton Distilling on Twitter or Instagram at ReveltonDC or their website www.reveltondistilling.com. Hello, and welcome to the latest edition of Bitter Units, a beer podcast hosted by the tail, uh, not the Tailgate Society anymore. Jesus, That's been a while. What the oh, hell? Jesus. Off to Do a we really need to start, start this start all today. the way over? Oh my God. Hi, guys. I, hi, guys at the Tailgate Society. If you're listening, we still love you. Um, <laughs> but actually hosted by Three Beards Media. Um, so who's, who, who's one of the Three Beards in Three Beards Media, Aaron? Uh, me that's the sad part <laughs> um, but uh i am i'm also drinking a 15 percent beer right now so maybe that's the problem i don't know um but uh it, it leads me into one of the things that i was going to talk to you about tim i'm pretty sure that all of our guests have figured out that they need to try to get us to drink the highest abv beers that they can find uh, yeah, the they... last beer person that we had on was two 15 percenters. These guys, let's see, hint, there's two. Um, <laughs> these guys brought a nine and a half, I believe it is. Um, and I'm pretty sure the MO is just get these guys tanked. And um, what, or, or Aaron, what you don't know is every brewer is trying to offload any barrel aged beer that they have with them at the time, always to their friends. Like, just take it. <laughs> just take this case of 12.5% beer, please. Yes. <laughs> you, you're, you're not wrong. I, like, literally, what I drink at the brewery is usually our, like, anything under 5%. And then anything, like, we have a fantastic uh, uh, Imperial Stout on right now that I don't bother to fuck with at all whatsoever. Um, so, anyway... Good, Aaron. Right. That was so. So yeah, we got that right. <laughs> and then the other thing is, um, we we have a new member of our illustrious two timers club. Yes. So, so all the people that have been willing to come back, don't tell are my wife. Two timers club. <laughs> um, so one of our guests is a two timer, um, and uh, I will let you introduce them to him. <laughs> Um, there, there has to be a better way of saying that. Um, nope. Okay, um, that's exactly how I want to say it. Two, two <laughs> timing. Uh, no, we are very excited to, to welcome back uh, Matt Gilliland. We have talked with this uh, fine gentleman in the past, and I asked him if he wanted to come back on, and he's like, "Yeah," 
but the only way I'm going to come back on is if I can bring someone else with me because I can't stand you guys uh, independently. So, um, yes, from New Belgium Brewing, we have Matt Gilliland, and he brought on Cody. So, Matt, why don't you go ahead and actually – I lost my video. Um, Matt, why don't you go ahead and introduce Cody as well, unless Cody wants to introduce himself. Okay. Um, yeah, so I'm Matt Gilliland. I am an R&D innovation specialist here at New Belgium Brewing Company. And Cody is another part of our R&D department. I'll let him introduce ourselves. Um, together, we comprise about 40% of our innovations team here. Cody, take it away. Yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, my name is Cody Reif. Um, I've been in R&D here at New Belgium for about 10 years. I've been at the company for 20. I was in QA before that. Um, but I was kind of one of the original R&D types. So I've seen it all. So we've, we've kind of... We've grown a lot. We've done a lot of stuff in that amount of time, so it's it's been fun. So I'm excited to talk to you guys today. Awesome. Well, uh, Cody, thank you very much for for joining us again, Matt. Welcome back to thank you the uh, whatever this is. Uh, we did. Aaron also neglected to mention at the top that JT is not with us. Um, is he dead? <laughs> I, I did, it did sound like like I I just killed I just killed him off. <laughs> um, but we have we have In with lieu us of flowers and beer. <laughs> we we do have with us uh uh frequent uh substitute co-host uh regular three birds media contributor and all around uh beer Twitter celebrity. No, Anya, I'm going to call you that. No, um, no. Uh, I, the most curmudgeonly person I know outside of me. Mm-hmm. Maybe <laughs> it depends on what what day you catch me, but yeah, sure. Um, but yeah, you, you guys will will recognize Anya's voice. Uh, she has been on this this uh, podcast before, and I think it's pretty exciting because. Um, I think uh, she has some really good questions for both Matt and Cody uh, already in the chamber, um, or at least on the fly. I feel like I've been on this podcast enough times that uh, I now read her tweets in her voice. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, uh, Why don't we go ahead and... and, uh, start off and just ask you guys uh what is new at new belgium oh man everything is new uh, um i mean fat tire fat tire is new i don't know if y'all saw today we just acquired a new facility um in west virginia, virginia. No, do not tell the virginians it's west virginia it's western oh yeah. yeah those are fighting words right. <laughs> I, I mean they they already choose uh uh, a song at West Virginia that's really about Western Virginia uh, as their their school song. So that's already a mistake that they're making over there. So, I mean, there might be some cultural overlap. I don't know, but uh, yeah, we uh, bought from Constellation the former Ballast Point East Coast facility uh, in Daleville, Virginia, just outside of Roanoke. So we're pretty excited about that. It's a lot of capabilities that we didn't have before. It's now the newest brewery we own. Yeah. So, yeah. I haven't seen it myself, but I hear it's it's pretty slick. Uh, uh, you know, man, all our tanks are full right now. We are we're bursting at the seams. Bursting at the seams. Um, and so this new new tanks, uh, our other constraints is like packaging. We got a lot of packaging there. Um, 
And then, you know, I know it's a beer podcast, but like we do have some beyond beer stuff and that place is just full of it's other capabilities. Got all these toys like nobody's ever had put their hands on before. Yeah, pretty amazing. Uh that's that's pretty fantastic. I had not seen that news, so that's that's awesome. Um you heard catch it up, Tim. I I I saw it on Brewbound's Twitter, I think. Yeah, I think Brewbound was the first people to pick it up, but you know, by the end of the day, Good Beer Hunting had like a twenty thousand word piece on it. I don't know. Did it have many images of uh did it have very uh fancy images midway through the articles uh no, the article the breaks? Yes. Stuff, but, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Yeah, Kaiser running a tight ship over there. That's right. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, yeah, tight, tight ship. That's let's stick with that one. So um I I think probably the first thing I kind of I do want to talk about though cuz you you guys did bring it up and it's probably kind of the biggest news to probably most of our listeners is uh fat tire um uh, I like I think we have to address it just because uh, that's kind of a big deal. Yeah, it's kind of the elephant in the room, isn't it? Um fat tire well so here's the thing Go around the room. When was the last time each one of you bought a fat tire and drank it? I knew you were going to ask this. <laughs> the last time I was in, at an airport, I think, probably. That's fair. Um, um, I'll be honest. I bet it was a, I bet it was four or five years ago. Yeah, and, it definitely and, was honestly, four or five years ago. That's most people's answer, right? Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, so sales have been declining. If you think about it, you know, Fat Tire was a recipe developed um, with ingredients that were available to home brewers in the 80s, you know, and it's a relatively high EA, low RDF beer, it's big and malty and stuff. It's just out of sync with the times. And I think the sales are showing that. So yeah, we launched a project, I guess a couple of years ago now, to not only rebrand it, but refresh the brand itself. Yeah, and it's, you know, Fat Tire is, is so key to New Belgium. Um, you know, Voodoo doing what it's doing has a very like different brand's um, identity to it. Um, and so, so much of the original New Belgium brand identity was, is now Fat Tire's like burden to bear. And so like, as it was dying, it was kind of, you know, we needed to refresh it in order to keep that alive and keep some of the things that were so important to us, like in the forefront, you know, like you're not going to ever see any sustainability news out of voodoo it just isn't that's not who that consumer is that's that's not where that's geared but you know we're still doing a lot of that stuff and fat tire gives us sort of a, an avenue to discuss that and be active in that space yeah i mean, I mean to, to, to your point no i was gonna say to your point fat tire almost exists as a brand outside of new belgium i think there are enough people that know fat tire without knowing who brews fat tire well, and that's always been true to some extent. Like, even when I worked at another Colorado brewery, we'd take phone calls from distributors around the country who'd be like, y'all that fat tire brewery? We're like, no, that's called New Belgium. Like, look it up in the phone book. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there is a lot of brand, you know, uh, value there. Like, everybody knows fat tire. Everybody has some kind of relationship with a bicycle. You know, we didn't want to just drop fat tire as a brand and bring in something totally different because there is... It has that name brand recognition, that household name kind of recognition. Yeah, and still over a hundred thousand parallels. There's still there's still a good reason to keep that thing going. It's and it's near and dear to all of our hearts and 
that's the, that's kind of an ironic statement after we make such a dramatic change to it. <laughs> it's it's so near and dear to me that I changed everything about it. Yeah. <laughs> like what a plastic surgeon would do to their spouse. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, yeah, so, I, <clears throat> go, go ahead. No, go ahead. Um, no, I just I I knew no Belgium was changing once I saw Snapchat on cans. So like I knew that obviously like Voodoo when it first came out, I felt like wow, they're they're pivoting, but not necessarily away from New Belgium. They're just moving the company towards a different direction. So um as Voodoo like kept getting more and more, you know, juice and momentum. Um, hint, hint, wink, wink for later. Um, <laughs> I just knew that like there was a lot of change going on in New Belgium. So like when I first heard about Fat Tire, honestly, like being rebranded, I was just like, like I just think, and this is my opinion, just keep it in the tap rooms and like just roll it out. That's, that was my thought. I get that there's a lot of recognition and love for that brand, but we're like in this weird time of beer where we have this really great old long lasting customer, um, but we need new customers, right? So it's like this clash of like ideals where you have all this good momentum, good juju, and you know people know fat tire and you don't want to necessarily ditch it, but like you also need to like, brand the business and make it like profitable and you know make profitable beer and make sellable beer yeah yes fat <laughs> tire and maddie i don't know like all you went on this fat is probably the most important beer in my life my entire life yeah, yeah 20 years in this industry you know it was like when i got married we had to have a fat tire tap because this place means so much to me and it was largely built by that so it was you know to watch it just shrinking every year losing so much every year it was just oh, so totally just demoralizing yeah. you know I yeah mean, i mean i've worked at breweries where where the favorite beer doesn't sell right? yeah exactly right you know <laughs> the the brewery i'm at right now everyone's like oh when are you gonna bring back uh mind the map which is like sort of an english bitter kind of style and they're asking, when are you going to bring that back? When are you going to bring that back? I'm like, every time we bring that back, you talk about how it's a great beer, and then you order our IPA. Like, like the the challenge between the nostalgia people feel like feel for a brand versus what they their actual purchase behavior is is there's a huge gulf. Oh, that, definitely. Like, you know, if I could just have that beer one more time, and then it's available, and they have it exactly. One more time. Yeah. <laughs> of course, you're battling the it's not as good as it once was. Yeah. And that we we you were told an interesting story about having you tell you tell. I mean, I've been here for 25 years, right? And I remember within weeks of getting a job here, there were you know beer people, I'll say beer geeks, that were like, oh yeah, fat tire is changed. You know, I was like, it's a six-year-old company at that point. It's like, like, yeah, fat tire changed when you guys sold the AB. I was like, none of that is true. You know, none of that is even possibly true. And if you know beer well enough, you should know better. Yeah, and that, and there's so much nostalgia that we attach to things. And then when people try, it could be literally the exact same beer. And people can try it again and they'll think it changed because it was a different time and place. 
and everything. And so it's just it, the, the idea of continuity is, is, is a bit of a myth, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, beer nerds always want to fucking tell you what's, you know, they always want to tell you what they think they know, but it's like, dude, you don't know anything really. <laughs> like, as, you're just a consumer. Like, you you have this connection to our brand and I really love that but it can turn really toxic sometimes like over the bar with that relationship and and talking to people who you know love your brand but insist on uh saying things like it's changed or it's like it's all in your mind but I can't even convince you of that at that point so it's like it's really frustrating it's it's, you need I don't want to you know, disparage customers like that much, but sometimes it's like you hear their feedback and you're just like, what level are you on? We're not even in the same like ballpark right now. Well, and, and palates change over time, right? Like what you tasted 20 years ago, you don't yeah. taste things the same. It doesn't mean that it has changed. It means that your taste has changed. There are a lot of things that I could stand to, uh, you know, drink or enjoy or whatever 20 years ago that my palate just it doesn't understand it anymore. Yeah, as I mean, soon I, as like untapped made checking in something like a game, like people started like losing the connections with their palate and started looking to untapped to like fill in that gap. Cause like, don't tell me like, you know, you remember what fat tire tastes like 20 years ago and then tell me like, Oh, there's all these changes. Like, I don't know. Yeah, 25 years ago, I've been a brewer for years and a home brewer for years before that, and I've had all of maybe two IPAs. Yeah. So the market's changed, people's palaces have changed. And yeah, I think like Instagram has changed the beer game. And I think Instagram is responsible for hazies and a lot of, you know, whales. And I think Untapped is, you know, it's just grown up Pokemon for beer. <laughs> <laughs> I think 25 years ago, I was drinking the shit out of Amber Bach. Does that sound right? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, I, 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 I was too. I, <laughs> like I drink a ton of that stuff. Yeah, and I drink I, a boatload of Fat Tire during Ragbri, especially. Um, I, back in the day, twenty-five years ago, I got way too drunk on Amberbach at a Three Doors Down concert. If that tells you anything, <laughs> that is a snapshot of time right there. Uh, Who is this podcast for right existed. now? The demographic is just so old. It's getting older and older and older the more we talk. Well, well, all of those things existed in the late nineties. <laughs> the reason, you know, the reason is you, you know. Uh, they, hey, he admits right in the top of the song that he is not a perfect person. So, <laughs> I think there's a lesson in there for all of us. <laughs> um, so, but I mean, so that, that had to be a a pretty. I don't want to say, yeah, well, I mean, it's got to still be, despite all the signs, be a difficult decision for the brewery to undertake something like that, because it is your, I don't even call it your flagship, historically speaking, um, even though Voodoo may be technically the flagship now, but, um, you know, that, how does, I guess, how did that decision get made? Well, I mean, there are literally you're, you hit the nail on the head. There were thousands of hours of debate around here. I, that's not a, an exaggeration. Like we talked about it for years. There was even like a, we actually migrated it over. So I don't know how many, the the big sort of kerfuffle happened 
at the press release, but at that point, a lot of it was in March. It was already 80 plus percent the new recipe. Yeah, in fact, we actually, we did seven recipe changes over about 18 months. And so the last real fat tire was probably produced in like August of 21, or maybe even July of 21. Uh, before we started migrating that recipe over. And I've heard people be like, well, I still have one of the last, you know, real fat tires. I'm going to try it side by side with new fat tire. I'm like, they're actually much more similar than, you know, your real fat tire and the original recipe fat tire were. Yeah. No, but we we definitely took, that was a, we debated that and talked about it for, we were talking about it for years and years. This was actually kind of like almost the final straw, right? That we, there was, Nowhere left to go. So this was kind of where we went. And and I don't know, have you guys had the new fat tire? I guess that should be the next question. You, it has not, not even yet. hit in San Diego. Yeah. So. so what I found is the people who uh, didn't have a strong connection with the old fat tire seem to really like the new fat tire and prefer it, to be honest. And the people who have a strong connection with the old fat tire have not accepted it. Not not yet. A few of them, I think, are coming over, but it'll be a long road over there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we had, you know, we had an entire national chain restaurants like end their mandate for fat tire on tap, which that stings a little bit. Um, yeah. Distributors who are, you know, insanely upset with us. We we fielded a lot of, of online and personal hate in those first few weeks. And then Sam Adams came in and was like, yeah, we formula, shoot. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, <laughs> The thing I always want to say to those people is, yeah, man, you can be mad that we changed it. If you actually sold that product or drink that product, then I would care more about your feedback. Yeah, um, straight. You're mad because you changed. We changed the product that you didn't like enough to buy. Right. Yeah. 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 It is. It is. It is a little goofy. I, I mean, I think I think the thing is that Fat Tire did become such a shorthand for craft beer for so long. Yeah. Right. It really did. It became something that everyone compared to. I remember when I was at 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 B dubs and we were working on a, a project. That's with, Buffalo Wild Wings, if with, you don't know. With uh <laughs> <laughs> thank you for, for interpreting that. Okay. Um, but we were working on a project with CBA and like the beers that we were working on with, I swear every like VP we gave gave no matter what version it was, it could have been like, you know. An IPA with Citra, or it could have been uh, something like you know Red Hook's Audible Ale, or wh whatever it was. And every like VP at Buffalo Wild Wings, thank you, Anya, that wanted to pretend like they knew what they were talking about. Like, oh, this reminds me of Fat Tire, and like none of them did, but that was the shorthand by which they related what craft beer meant, particularly to a national chain like that. Um, and and so I think. If you guys had never announced a change to the recipe, I still think 90% of, of fat tire drinkers would not have even flinched. Uh, well, and I, to be honest, Sam, I'll bet that's still the case because like even we're all talking about it because we're close to this and we care about this stuff. Yeah, that's true. Your average fat tire drinker, to be honest, probably never even heard, right? Yeah. Yeah. New yeah. yeah. label. Cool. Yeah. That's true. It's true. Like you care, you think like, oh man, people are gonna really care. And then you're like, most people don't care. Like it's it is care what it is. Crazy vocal about it. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's why. 
yeah, bear Twitter or whatever you want to call it. Like, well, I'm not just, a part of that, but like, yeah, I know just, what you're saying. Just the, the, what I always call squeaky wheel syndrome, where breweries are always yeah. so uh, quick to worry about what the loudest voices are rather than what the average voices are, um, you know, because one loud person makes it sound like it's a bigger issue than the 3000 people not saying a damn thing. And, it, it, and I get why it is. It's hard to, it's hard to uh, drown that out because it does seem like it's a big deal, but you know, 3000 bad Yelp reviews doesn't mean shit. If you have 3 million people coming through your doors. Well, I, I was like, okay, let's see how bad it gets. And I put on my hazmat suit and I logged into Beer Advocate and I looked in the comments <laughs> and I, I ended up getting Beer Advocate all over me and stuff. <laughs> that um, still exists? It still exists. It is, it is just so toxic. It's it's so just, oh, it's, it is the worst of Reddit times 10 plus beer. Plus uh, the worst GABF judges notes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, at least they left notes, you know, some yeah. GABF results you get, you don't have any notes yeah, and then you go, I'll just go fuck shit. myself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you talking about GABF results? Really no. Nice here. <laughs> I don't know. Really. <laughs> so yeah, I, having been a judge for many years now, um, it's really, so the, the BA actually had a solution for that and they were working on this like uh, web-based like feedback system for me. Yeah. You, very small amount of time so when you have to write tiny on these little tiny sheets in triplicate uh, it's hard to get good feedback i want to get good feedback but i just don't have the time or the means to do so so up until 2019 they had this really slick system and as soon as they had to cancel gabf and then cancel cbc and then they had to lay off all their people and have no budget that entire program went away so by the time the 2020 gabf came around you were back to the little tiny sheets uh, so I don't know where they're at with that this year. I got invited to judge World Beer Cup this year, which was a huge, that was a huge photo, yeah. but I can't go because I'll be in Europe. Um, but, so you just flexed for nothing right there. You just like fucking well, put it all out, know, like whipped it out and was like, but I'm not going. <laughs> but, but then he said he'd be in Europe. So he flexed. Yeah, yeah. That was a whole different like yeah. yeah. Humble brag, flex, not we, we really, but better, flex. You know. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't attend the Grammys this year. I will be uh, receiving my <laughs> Nobel Peace Prize. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a day with Dalai Lama. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'm hoping that they're getting back to a point where they can pick that program back up because that would. I think that would really address Tanya your your comment there because the judges want to give feedback and the brewers absolutely need the feedback and there's a big disconnect in between there. Oh yeah, I mean, um, so like when I was <clears throat> basically like the owner that I worked for, he was very very took uh, Great American Beer Festival competition very seriously, um, but both years uh, we entered in beers. Um, we'd get the feedback, you get an envelope and then you get the feedback and there'd be years where we didn't get, there'd be multiple beers. We'd enter in like eight beers. And I would say there's feedback on like, maybe like legit feedback on maybe like two of those beers. Otherwise it's like, check, 
next round like or and then they give you like they kind of mind fuck you because they write this like nice letter and they go hey we just want you to know like this beer made it to the final uh judges table and you're like oh fuck yeah i'm gonna get this fucking rad feedback and then like you see it and you're like i didn't get anything like i'll just go fuck myself you know like um but you know like as someone like who worked for somebody who was super competitive and like was really like on our fucking neck about it um to get no feedback back it honestly made me so fucking mad like seriously i wanted to fucking drive to denver and fucking punch someone in the face (laughs) so uh tell us how you really feel about this like it just because like that it was a it was already a pressure filled job for me and so to like get no feedback was like the ultimate like fuck. Well, if any, because you only give feedback for the first round. Yeah. So you know, if anything didn't get past the first round, I'd at least make a note on why it didn't get past the first round. But if something went on to the second round, then really the feedback was this was a good beer that hit all the style guidelines. Anya, you want you want me to punch Maddie in the face right now? Is that where? No, no, I'm I'm saving that when he gets back from Europe. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I no, Anya, I'll I'll give you this. I do. I mean, I think I was probably more annoyed when two score sheets gave conflicting. Um, that, that that is that was that was the end of GABF for me. Oh yeah, where yeah. where you where you got one back and the first one said not hoppy enough for the style and the very next one said oh. too hoppy for the style and you're like, oh. what the what the fuck am I supposed to do here? Yeah. Well, it means and you were spot on. The, <laughs> the the way that you have to become a judge is very vigorous now, but it wasn't yes. vigorous. And there's some people who have been judging for twenty years that like. Their qualifications to where they totally could show up for a couple of days. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Sierra Pale is like, blow their hair back, hobby. Right. You know, and then you've got a yeah. person that, like, you know, the the dirtiest New England style IPA is barely hoppy enough. And you put them on the same table. Yeah. And it, yeah. And it, it makes for some weird judges, too, because there were some people that were in yeah. beer and then they got into like a supplier sales job and then they got into a supplier and a supplier job. So now they're like, you know, two worlds disconnected from beer. They don't even think about beer, but they're still GABF judges because it's cool. And I'm yeah. like, pour my heart and soul into everything I make. Um, it's a very different perspective. Yeah, I, well, I like I I remember talking to to Ray Daniels at GABF uh, one year after he got done judging. You know, the guy who who I'm not saying that Ray is is the 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 be all end all, and and he's the first one to tell you that he doesn't have the palate. He's just the guy who who you know, came up with a, a criteria to which judges, like he said, like, I wouldn't be a master Cicerone. But what he did say is, you know, after a day of taste, like if you get assigned to like the IPA category after a day of tasting, your palate is so shot that it doesn't even matter anyway. Like even the yeah. best taster after, you know, 40 IPAs, they all, you're just wrecked at some point. Yeah, the owner who I worked for, he judged too. And but he took it very seriously. So I, I will admit, um, while he was a dick the entire time we were doing that process and submitting the beers and all that, like he would go and he would be like, I'm not going out on the days I'm judging. Like I just won't do that because then like my palate will be fucked the night afterwards. And then he would get mad because he would he would know the people who went out and was like partying and all that. And so the table makeup, like once I figured that out, like that not everyone at the table was like, takes it as serious. There's different levels of seriousness. You're like, 
Man, this really is just so fucking random. Half of those people are still drunk on alert somehow, even in bed. <laughs> how, Sway? How? Well, they're well, no, Joel, they're drinking Malort. Joel showed up with a suitcase full of Malort. Yeah. <laughs> I think what may help address that too is they since 2020 they have removed the judging from Denver and they hold mm-hmm. their yeah. weird ass warehouse in Louisville like yeah. for a few weeks with a lot fewer judges. So I think they're trying to you know retain some of the higher quality judges, but it's still I mean it's still kind of crashing. As somebody who's obviously never been um, or participated in any fashion, I guess my question to all of this criticism is, is do they typically end up getting it right, though, at the end? Like, the, are the winners typically the correct winners? So I don't know, because, you know, you don't get to see the progression of round, around around. Like, you'll do a first round of IPAs and a second round of saisons and a third round of barrel-aged stouts and a metal round of something completely random. Um, but I have judged a number of metal rounds. And by the time you get to the metal round, like all the beers on the table are just excellent. Yeah, like, really top-notch. I'll beers. bet for the, the heavy categories, like the IPA categories, I'll bet there's 50 metal-worthy beers for sure. that get entered. It, and at that point, you're just like, you know, only three of them can take home something. So, no, to your point, like, you're not going to find something that wins a medal that is flawed. It's it's going to be a question of competition at that point. Like, yeah, they ultimately get there. I don't, I don't want to be overcritical as well, but, yeah, not to say I haven't pulled my hair out over some judges. Well, I just wonder as a consu- from the consumer side, right, because a lot of people tout that they've won a medal at GABF or, you know, World Beer Cup or whatever, right? And so... You know, if if there's an average consumer listening to this podcast, I want them to feel like, hey, I can still use these as a reference point. You know, that these should be quality beers. So I, he- I, that's a great question. I there was a gold medal winner a couple of years ago. This was probably ten years ago now. Uh, from a local town, actually, this brewery's out of business now. But I was like, oh, I've never even heard of that brewery. There's one a gold medal. Like it's like right up the road from us. We got to go check it out. We went in there. And it, that, that beer was awful. You know, it was yeah. just undrinkable. So it might be, and at that point, you're talking batch to batch variability. So I'm sure what the judges drank was good, but the one yeah. that day was yeah. not, not good. Yeah, I, I would say winning on metal, uh, not impressive to me. But ones that win consistent medals or like the same beer winning over and over again, right? Like Allagash White has won multiple medals for good reason. And so that is where I start to put a lot of stock in it. But like I, in this industry and batch to batch and everything else, there is definitely, you know, the blind squirrel uh, type of thing. Uh, but the ones that do it consistently. And then the other thing I'll say is uh, it's expensive to enter these competitions. Oh, my God. Yes, it is. Oh, and my God. So, and so some of the best breweries just don't even waste their time with it. So... It might be a good indicator of quality, but not necessarily that if someone has never won a medal, they might not even be trying to get them. So uh, kind of both sides of that coin. Oh, and I think that pushes into like one of the great questions about competitions, right? Like competitions are based on styles, which are inherently non-creative. They're in mimicry. And so like, I know a lot of brewers that won't enter because they're just not, they're not going to, 
you know, adhere to style guidelines because they think what they're doing is is better and is better for their consumers. And, and I respect that a lot. To, to your point though about like consistent winners, um, we won a, a, a medal a couple of years ago for our triple. Um, and, and that's amazing to win a medal, but even better than that was we were one slot ahead of Allagash. Like that was almost the better, the better thing was that like right. we were one slot ahead of a brewery that like I have known for years trust and absolutely adore. And so to know that we are in their category was that was the greater honor, I think. Yeah. No, I, I I would absolutely agree with that, right? You know, if 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 even if I even if I didn't, you know, beat someone like that to be able to get in there and at least said that I made something to something that has a little bit more cachet for sure. The the really tough thing about being a judge, I, I know that's probably a sentence I'm going to get a lot of hate for. Um, but the really tough thing about being a judge, you get a medal round, you get you know probably ten or twelve beers that are just. Excellent. I've judged this like barely aged out round where everything was just out of this world, right? Um, and we picked the top three, and it took quite a bit of doing to even narrow it down to like five. And then we filled out the card, and then a couple of days later, we heard who all the winners won. And I was like, I want to know what number four was. I want to know what number five was. And that that information is lost forever. Yeah. No idea who came in first runner up, and I want to know what that brewery is because I'd love to support. It. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's a uh, it's it's a mixed bag. I, I I think to answer your question, kind of in a nutshell, Aaron, um, it's a very good thumb in the breeze and a better thumb in the breeze than say, beer advocate or untapped. Um, but or rape beer, but is rape beer? Yeah, I should say, is that even a thing anymore? But um, but I I think so. Anya and I have had this this debate before, where. You know, breweries are able to sell beer because they won medals, but that doesn't mean the beer that won medals sells. Yeah, uh, every every beer at the at one of the previous breweries I was at that had ever medaled, uh, Matt seems to be uh, suggesting something uh, that uh, every beer that had medaled, like gold medal winner, we killed the brand within a year after the medal. Uh, because winning a medal didn't sell the beer. Being a medal winner as a brewery was a better marketing uh, play than the marketing for the beer itself, which is... Yeah, we'll talk about that when we do our decide our entries. So we'll, we'll look at it through the lens of, like, will this actually help the brand? We might have a really good brand, but we're like, oh, that, winning a gold medal will do nothing for that brand. Like, no, those consumers aren't going to care about that. And so we'll move towards potentially brands that a metal would look good on. And triple was an example of that. Like that's one where it's gonna have consumers that would appreciate a gold medal, but even a brand like Batire probably would wouldn't change your your average consumer wouldn't even know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We as a brewery just like we kind of trash our metals. Like um we have a statue of St. Arnold of Metz that's on the tour route that just has all the GABF medals around his neck and he's swimming in bottle caps. Um, and like all the all the um, festival barrel age yeah. Fobab, yeah, sorry. Uh, all the Fobab medals we've won for like Lothley and all our wood celebrators over the years. One of our carnies chopped up all of them and turned them into a mosaic of a little like, <laughs> glass. Nice. I, I would love it. That should be a podcast right there. The <laughs> terrible things that happen to medals. One, one year when I was new at New Belgium, 
Um, I went down to GABF and we were like uh, a bit heavier drinking at that time. I was in my mid twenties and my roommate came down and so we're hanging out and, and we won three or four medals there, which was great. Um, but then that night, like just a bunch of drunken a-holes walking around with GABF medal around the streets of Denver. And uh, at one point, my, my roommate almost traded one for a burrito. Um, and then uh, the next day we came back to Fort Collins and I had gone and done something and I came back and that same roommate is laying on the couch and nothing but his underwear wearing the medals. <laughs> so like, you went, you went full was, Rob Gronkowski on it. I, I, yeah, I was worried that you're going to say he traded the medal for a burrito. <laughs> like I'm so drunk and hungry. You can have this medal if I can At have that, that burrito. Point, in hindsight, that was probably not a bad investment. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, uh, awesome. Uh, we didn't, we didn't just have you on to talk about, uh, uh, the fat tire change or to go on a extended 40 minute rant on, uh, the bullshit that is GABF. <laughs> um, uh, you know, it, I, I do, we're going to go a little bit more into a tasting. It's going to be a little bit different. So I want to jump into a question a little bit early that we usually do at the break, but I want to do it early here because we've got a lot we want to talk about. Matt, you've already answered this. I do want to know Cody's though. Oh shit. You're on a desert Island. Uh, Aaron, why don't you go and take, this is your, this is your thing. You, you do a terrible job of describing this. Why don't you go ahead? Oh, okay, fine. Thanks, Tim. That was a very good transition you gave me there. Um, so you're on a on a desert island. You have uh, decided that you're going to use one of those flotation tricycles to cross the ocean, and you didn't make it. So now you're stranded <laughs> on a desert island, and it's magical. Every beer that's poured is perfect. It can be whatever temperature you want it to be. Every it's just perfect but you're stuck with three to five forever so you have to select three to five beers that you absolutely need to be stuck on this island with oh man all right so number one is easy for me um, and that would be orval orval is just like the perfect beer in in my mind for so many reasons i think like just such a revolutionary beer i mean who was putting your town ices in beer in the 80s John Murray Rock, that was who's doing it. It's like dry and still hoppy and it evolves over its life. It's just my my absolute favorite beer. So that was that's one I could drink fucking shit for the overall. I gotta say I'm gonna need something you, you're gonna be drunk <laughs> pretty quick. <laughs> I'm gonna need something real sessionable. And man, this this might be unpopular, but like my go-to domestic is banquet. That's that's like gonna be something I'm gonna crush the shit out of by volume. That's 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 already in my top three and i'm gonna get free non-banquet beer like to drink in general so the banquet's gonna be up there. i think that beer is also beautiful in a really nice way it's like obviously very sessionable but it it has that ice wine elastitate to it that gives it some complexity gives it some sweetness and that offsets the dryness to it um man let's see what's next after that uh sierra pale was probably gonna be floating around the top five for sure that's you are such a fucking brewer dude like these are like the quintessential <laughs> brewer answers i have to say <laughs> we've, we've heard all of these before i think <laughs> i thought the bank was gonna be the weird one i, I didn't know what it was gonna no, be. I think, oh, oh no no 
big fan of Banquet. I was going to say, if, if you've oh. ever checked Anya's drink check, I think she and I have both checked in on that thing. Like, Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, man, I, I would say like a good creek, and there's probably a bunch of options there. I'm definitely partial to our creek, Transatlantic Creek. I just, it's, uh, you know, it's uh, Eat Beer Salt um, Creek. So you can take that, or you can take Bone, or uh, there's a lot of good creeks out there. I just, that, that's that's a style. The Eat Beer Salt Bizarre, which is like a creek, like a straight creek that's uh, done uh, up to champagne carbonation. It's just heavenly to me. Um, and then for a proper New Belgium beer, I guess I would say uh, I really like La Terroir. Um, that's you know you have those few beers where you like smell them and like the light from heaven shines on you and the angel choir sings and all that stuff and, and I've had that with terroir a couple times but that that would be pretty heavy on the desert island <laughs> so I think I got five in there yeah a lot of Belgian no those are good answers I do like Allegash White so um, it's in the top ten but that would yeah it, just to be extra brewery Allegash White's a runner up yeah. <laughs> if you ever blow a keg, the extra is a Dalagash, right? Another great crowd um, in the U.S. I think we're doing awesome stuff. Beer Stuy, uh, Austin Beer Garden Brewery, like Austin Beer Works. Some of the, the Texas lagers, I think, are just like spot on too. So one, it would be hard not to have one of those, like a more traditional, crisp, bitter lager. Those are all all good, fair answers. Yeah, I, I I think that's great. I'm I'm also impressed by the expediency with which you came up with those answers. <laughs> yeah. Not a I lot of waffling. Sit here with my mouth open and, and drool. I'll wake up in the middle of the night, sit straight up, and be like, "Oh, I forgot." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then and then you guys will have to do retraction on this entire podcast, right? And uh, <laughs> oh no, no, this is all no no retractions on this podcast. Yeah, you only get to correct it if you come back as a two timer. Hey. Hey. you can you can you can amend your list you can amend your list at that time but you don't have any uh, retractions or the, there's no yeah. so on, on my episode there was like tim came on after this he's like after recording this on further review he would like to retract his beard <laughs> <laughs> no uh, honestly i just was like i can't let matt like like let this get out into the public and so i just just edited for him oh okay uh course yeah, banquet was, can or bottle and then, yeah. uh a bottle i like the stubbies personally stubbies, stubbies. yeah, yeah. yeah. My, um, one of my good buddies tyler who's uh he used to work here with us but now he's uh working for a distributor in wisconsin um he was so uh banquet is, is one of the brands he reps he was telling me because of the show yellowstone yeah um, that they yeah. didn't stop. Apparently, that was like the the spark that lit that fire. So, like, it's that he also like shows me the coolest banquet like swag that they have, like oh. belt buckles and crazy shit like that. Yeah, yeah just so it's every other episode that going to the bar and be like, do yellow gags, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure is. It, it, it's funny that we talked about like fat tire and like whether people would be able to recognize like recipe changes. But I do actually believe for some reason that Miller High Life in a can uh, is less superior than the bottle. The bottle tastes better. And then with Banquet, the bottle tastes better than the can. But that's just like that bullshit we were talking about earlier. Where it's like, yeah, it's, it's all in my head. It's it's psychology just because there's there's other kind of like 
things attached to that, right? Like there's yeah. just something about having a bottle, a ice cold glass bottle of high life after mowing the lawn, for instance, yeah. that is just yeah. a different experience. And it, it has this silly nostalgia of like, you know, being a kid and watching your dad drink a Miller High Life out of a glass yeah. bottle or, yeah. you know, some of those things that are along with it too. Um, tied in the world draft proponent, like I thought draft was better for everything. And then the more I learned about how bad draft systems can be, oh, especially on domestics and stuff like that. that I, yeah. I, so if I go to a, like, let's, I'm in the Midwest and I go to a bar and they have banquet on tap and the bottle, I'll take the bottle. Bottle. Yeah, that's that's the rules. That's the rules. You don't make the rules. You got to go bottle there. And it, it, you know, if if I'm in an airport, uh, I order a mixed drink because the bottles and cans are about 20 years old and the draft system hasn't been cleaned yeah. since Carter was in office. So uh, I, I very rarely do a, a beer at all. And, and, and well, Aaron, you travel enough. Um, I drink vodka tonics. When I'm in airports and or whiskey, if they have a decent whiskey selection, you know, uh, I do not drink any beer. So we uh, we have um, uh, an airport hub down at DIA and uh, Denver International Airport for our non airport. <laughs> yeah, thank you, thank you. Uh, but we have an airport hub down there, and so we have a beer called Honey and Orange Triple, uh, and and it does fine. It's a good beer, but it's ten percent. It's a really cool beer. It's made with like. This, this great honey and blah, blah, blah. Uh, but uh, down there, that is like almost the number one seller there. They absolutely rip on it. And it's because it's 10%. People who are like sitting down to like catch their flight, they're like, they just scan for the highest ABV and they're like, that. Yeah. <laughs> yep. All the, all the sales guys like me that travel for work yeah. just trying to get ripped. Yep, yep. Yeah. So. Airport bars yeah. in the Wild Wild West, the rules don't apply there. So like, Actually, San Diego airports have gone like really heavy with like canned stuff. And like now you can walk around with your beer or whatever, cut water. But I feel like I could drink like San Diego like beers at the airport because I'm like, eh, they're probably rotating those kegs, probably Buena Vesa. Like, and I've tasted Buena Vesa and I'm like, okay, well, you know, stone, but I'll try to stay away from the, the hoppy stuff because the hoppy stuff you can immediately be like, oh my God, this is terrible. The uh, the the uh, the concessions companies that get those contracts. Uh, so my friend used to work for TSA and he said that it was so hard for those concession companies because unless they're sending the exact same person with the exact same clearance and the exact same badge to get behind the gates to be able to get in to do line cleaning uh, meant that, you know, there was a, a brewery that was in Minneapolis St. Paul Airport. And they couldn't get their lines cleaned uh, more frequently than like once every two months. So even if it's to, like, yeah, yeah, buy a plane ticket, yeah, well, <laughs> just because like you had to have the right person with the right clearance, the right badge, and it had to be the same person. So even if the contract had all that thing, it just becomes it's just a like a logistical nightmare. So even if it's brewed five feet from the airport, I don't believe the lines going to be cleaned. That's what I that's what I worry about. Tim, so you mean a brewery did something and then didn't think about the ramifications of that thing, and then they well, no, I know, I don't, I don't, I literally, I don't, I don't blame the brewery for that. Like the 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 bureaucracy of airports is a bigger deal than than anything like that. Did you say bureaucracy or bureaucracy? Yeah. Oh Jesus Christ! Okay, not everything's a pun. I make dad jokes. That doesn't mean you have to make it that bad. 
but yeah, no, there's airports. Airports are bullshit. Like I've had friends that that uh, that run, uh, you know, multi-unit restaurant chains that have had nightmares with, with airports just because even if it's your restaurant or your brewery, it's run by the concession company. So you put your you put your brand in there, but you don't hire the employees that work there. You have no control over that. The general manager of that that restaurant that you have, you own that restaurant brand. Aramark runs that thing, so you oh, yeah. you lose all that shit. I've had that HMS host. Yeah, exactly. Describe like completely wrong. Explain a beer to me that I wrote that I developed. The yeah, and you're just like. Just mansplain that beer to me. Thank you. Yeah, yeah but but yeah, you 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 lose all control when you go into a situation like between like stadiums and airports. It doesn't matter how buttoned up you are; it's going to get lost in translation. Well, stadiums have gone off hands. I feel like so. The, yeah, issues are sidestepped. Yeah, I think we should go back to yeah. party balls. Aaron, do you remember going uh, over to Wisconsin to party balls? What? Well, I didn't go to Wisconsin to get them, but I remember oh. them. So they were like they were a plastic amber ball that looked like an old timey cannonball. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't remember how. What, what were they like? Three gallons, maybe? I don't know. I know they were. I know they were big enough that you you could cut a hole in one and wear it like a space space helmet when you were done. Um, like an like an amber colored nineteen fifties astronaut helmet. Uh, and I'm not saying I may yeah, have done that. I bought I bought a lot more. Uh... The little mini Grolsch kegs. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I yeah. used to buy a lot of those. I think yeah, I th- I think Stadium should only sell mini Grolsch kegs. Yeah. Uh, right. uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which well, I, yeah, you know, if they don't suck, I'm in. <laughs> yeah, Bell still does the mini kegs. It was it was over on day the other day. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. What is filling those things like? Do you know? Do you guys I know. know? I want I want to see like a nice automated. Medicaid filler. Medicaid filler. Yeah. I, ju- I just saw we, we had. I was going to test my memory. I think when Joel Wynn was on with us, um, that was shortly after the Bell's Two Hearted deal or the the Bell's deal. And mm-hmm. I saw, I asked if Bell's, if two, Bell's was coming to Washington. And I actually saw it in the store today. Oh, um, so it is finally out there. Okay, good. So they, they did. Yeah. So that's a real, real callback to a previous episode. So if you've been a long-time listener, you probably remember me asking that question. Answer came 27 episodes later, but yes, they did bring <laughs> up to Washington. I, this podcast. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't remember that. I'm not just a long-time listener. Well, I'm a long-time participant. Episode, wasn't it? <laughs> it was, yes. So that Joel yeah, the, and Joel went. Joel and Joel. Yeah. Joel and Joel. That was Joel. two Joels, one cup. Oh God! Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow! Uh, I would like. And with to that, apologize. we're going to go ahead and take a break. Uh, <laughs> I don't think our sponsors want to be associated with that. Want to be disassociated with us at this point, so that we can get to the beer. Um, so we're going to hear a word from our sponsors. That is. Revelton Distilling Company in Osceola, Iowa, and Kyle Lehman at Wintrust Mortgage. And we'll be right back with the tasting portion of this episode. At Revelton Distilling Company, everyone has become a part of the Revelton family. From the Taylors and their daughter who helped perfect their award-winning gins, to the team who installed Lucy, 
our 33-foot-tall custom-made still, right down to the local farms that provide our coveted corn, and even the cows on those farms who consume our mash byproduct. Want to see the farm to flask come to life? Now you can tour Lucy and find out where we take Iowa's harvest and transform it into our finest spirits. Choose between a 45-minute tour or find out even more by scheduling a VIP behind-the-scenes tour to get the taste of the full Revelton experience. You can visit them at 1400 West Clay Street in Osceola, Iowa, or find all of Revelton's award-winning spirits at any local grocery or spirits retailer. We take a minute from this Three Beards Media podcast to listen to a word from our sponsor, Kyle Lehman at Wintrust Mortgage from our series of questions on what to expect when buying a home for the first time. Uh, there was some conversation today on Twitter about um, to now not being a good time to buying a house. See, they they want to move and, and, and buy a house, but because of interest rates and, and so on, they feel like maybe it's not the best time. So what would you, what is your response to that? Because I know that interest rates are higher than they were, say, two years ago when Stacy and I refinanced through you. but they're still coming down a little bit. And I think maybe it's a good idea to, 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 I think there's a little bit of fear out there of people doing now because they're afraid this isn't the best time to finance. Rates are high right now. A lot of people that you talk to are saying, well, I'm going to wait until the rates go down. How many other people are waiting until the rates go down? So right? a lot, right? So let's say that there's a hundred people 10 of those people go out and buy a house in the next month and they all spend 200,000 a piece, right? And they pay 6% for their mortgage. Those other 90 people, they wait. And then in three months from now, rates drop to four and a half percent. Well, what do you think is going to happen when rates drop to four and a half percent and those 90 people go look at houses? Is what's going to happen. Isn't Sky this kind of what happened? Um, just like in last year, two years ago, where like everyone was trying to buy a house. And so house prices kept going up. And yeah, then- exactly. So the, the market's going to get flooded, right? Instead of instead of five or 10 people maybe walking through your house over a month span, those 90 people are now chomping at the bit. They've been wanting to buy for a year. They're waiting for rates to go down. They're going to go look at a house that's priced at 225 that the neighbor just bought for 200,000, right? Let's say nine months ago, whatever. And that 225 is going to be become, going to become 240. And because they're in a bidding war. And we're back while we were gone. We got a letter from our sponsors saying they don't want to be associated with us anymore. <laughs> so, uh, go, go ahead and, and uh, patronize those places anyways, if you don't mind. We'd appreciate that. Um, we have a beer, um, but I did want to ask a question before we got to that a little bit, because I don't remember and I didn't go back and look. Do, what beer did we do the last time you were here, Matt? Orval. We did Orval. It was during January and I wasn't drinking, so I just watched you guys drink it. <laughs> oh, that's right. Wow, kinky. That's right. Is that your that's kink, right. Matt? What's that? Is that your kink? Is going dry for voyeur Matt. (laughs) (laughs) Only fans with you just make you just drink for a ball and you log in and you just only fans of me just angrily crossing days on the calendar. When are we (laughs) starting the bitter units only fans? 
bitter, bitter units only fans coming soon. You heard it uh, first. Bitter units needs any, bitter units needs any fans. So it's uh, gonna be it's just gonna be JT drinking <laughs> beer. No, I won't pay. I won't pay for that. He has to take his shirt off to do that. Oh, I'll pay for that. J- Oh, I, I would pay to make sure that JT puts more clothes on, frankly. Um, See, J, JT drinking beer while bowling uh, is our only fans. Uh, and, and talking about trains. Um, and yes. Oh, yes, exactly. So <laughs> we, we have a beer. I, I got to tell you, I, I, and I don't know the answer, and, I'm, and this is one of the things I want you guys to, to clarify for me. I had to look at four different stores to find this beer today um i'm going to assume that it's because well i shouldn't say that i found it at one store but it was a 12 pack and i didn't want to buy a whole 12 pack because i'm going on vacation soon um so i didn't want to have that in my fridge while i was gone humble but i could not find a six pack anywhere and it was the fourth store that i went to where i finally found some singles so um i'm assuming it's because it's a flying off the shelf beer um but matt why don't you tell us what we're drinking so um one of the reasons why i wanted to bring cody on was because he was a big force in making this beer uh. um but uh this is new belgium voodoo ranger juice force uh this was our big marquee year-round launch from last year from 2022 it was the number one craft beer release of all time of all time the number one new craft release of all time. Um, and it still doesn't do the numbers that our Imperial IPA does, but it's getting there. Yeah. And the interesting thing to note, Aaron, is if you had gone to like a 7-Eleven or a gas station like that, you probably could have found it there. That's where I, that's yeah. where I found it. That's where I found the singles yep. at the gas station. So I, I, I want to take a step back before we jump into this. Um, Voodoo Ranger as a brand for New Belgium is like a sub brand that I think it, it warrants a discussion because we didn't talk about this with you last time, Maddie. Right. Uh, um, like because it started off as Voodoo Ranger was like one thing and it kind of got a life of its own. So like what 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 does that uh, tell me about the evolution of Voodoo Ranger just in general? Because there's iterations right so i don't know who cody if you're more articulate than matt at this or who can talk about that no i'm definitely not more articulate than matt that's that's one of the few things i i do know (laughs) um so you know when we we had ranger ipa and that was our idea right yeah yep um and it was a very 2000s ipa maybe 2010 ish ipa little little caramely more kind of yep Absolutely. Yeah. It was bitter. Bitter, very West Coast, you know, pine and yeah. citrus. It was, yep. it, was, it was actually beautiful cascades. Yeah. Seagull Ranch cascades. And yeah, we only got cascades from one farm. And, yeah. And, and it was, it's still one of my favorite beers. Um, and then, you know, we had that for a few years and it kind of like the IPA market was really exploding and there are all these kind of permutation of sub styles. And, um, you know, we kind of recognized that and we realized that our, what we were making was kind of getting left behind. So uh, our marketing director at the time, you know, decided it needed a brand refresh and to have a brand family instead of just one brand. So we actually launched with Voodoo Ranger 8 Hop, which was a session IPA, Voodoo Ranger IPA, which is, is this brand. Although we've changed this recipe so much, it would be unrecognizable to what we launched in, what was that, 16 or 17? That's okay. Yeah. 
Um, and then Imperial IPA, which is you know now our biggest seller, um, we brew. You know, it was rampant before. Which was rampant. That was unchanged from rampant. We just yeah. can't. Um, yeah, we'll brew uh. 200 barrel batches of brews into a six brew fermenter five or six times a week, just in Fort Collins. Uh, that's a lot of beer. And, um, and, and like, to your question, Sam, like, when the, it went from Rangers and Blue Rangers, so the uh, aforementioned marketing director, I, we can say yeah. Rory told me he's actually back in the industry now. Is he? Yeah. Um, he was a Diageo guy. Diageo guy. He was definitely like okay. agent of chaos. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> um, and some of the chaos yielded good results, but it, you know, he heard a lot of yeah. in the process. Yeah. Sure. And he, I, I will admit, um, when I first saw the Voodoo Ranger concept, I was like, oh my God. This is gonna. We're. This is awful. We're gonna. This. We're like gonna. This is gonna be the end of us. Yeah. You know. But to Rory's credit, um, and I don't give Rory a lot of credit because he he wasn't. He was. A, he was. Yeah. He could be tough in a lot of ways. Um, but to his credit, he saw. He was seeing the future. He saw like 2023 craft beer back in 2016. You know, and, and we gotta give him credit for that. He he created. You know, essentially one of the largest brands. And we've always been very brand driven and not very brewery driven. You know, a lot of especially bigger breweries, their entire brand is we're a brewery, you know, and, you know, we have, we like to ride bikes. And, you know, I think the kind of genius of this is like everybody has a skeleton inside. Like that's literally relatable to everyone, no matter what you look like on the outside. And, you know, I can't, I can't believe you're skeleton. trying to exclude, uh, squids and, and right, yeah. yeah i mean we wow. have a separate wow. brand for invertebrates and uh what's the the family this, this is in and voodoo and ranger Ma discriminatory towards squids Ma Ma maddie smooth canceled for not oh, liking oh, invertebrate oh, animals yeah. Yeah. oh man it's been around <laughs> Um, yeah, I remember seeing, I, I remember like all the brands that you listed. I remember like seeing Ranger being rebranded and I, I thought, you know, I was, this is probably back in 2009 when I was really getting back uh, into craft beer after graduating um, and coming to San Diego. And I remember that rebrand and being like, I don't get it. Like, what is New Belgium trying to do with like this character and the skull? And I'm just like, I just like Ranger IPA. Can I just get Ranger IPA? And I just remember like the very early, like my gut was just telling me like Voodoo Ranger. I'm like, that's, did you hear about Voodoo Ranger being like, is that Ranger IPA? Like, it was definitely something that I was like, I couldn't wrap my head around. But we also brought in an actual witch doctor, so that's where the voodoo part comes in. That might be responsible for the brand success. I don't know. Uh, oh, was it man. the one from the uh, from the uh, James Bond film? Remember that guy? Spoilers. Spoilers. The witch doctor. See, I was thinking. Where... I was thinking the one from Beetlejuice. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Or so... Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evils to a voodoo. Doctor. Oh yeah. So. So, uh, so anyway, yeah, so you got that, but but fast forward to today, and Voodoo Ranger has been applied to how many different styles and kinds of IPA? Like, so we have rotating series, yeah, so that you know, that's like the numeral essentially. But, but I think core is going to be the two four series, which is fruit force and juice force, uh, juicy haze, 
a regular uh, IPA, and then uh, Imperial. So the five all-time things. And then we're moving away from one next year. So 1985, which some of you guys might know, is going to be a full-time release. That's hot off the press. I don't know what I'm supposed to say. That. Yeah, okay. I'm supposed to say Sorry, that. don't believe that. But if you like the news. Believe it. Um, and then you know, we've had this hoppy mix pack, which always has an XIPA, which changes every four months. But we don't have to change the can, which is pretty slick. Yeah. And then has two other Voodoo Ranger beers in there. Like, um, you know, we did this vote Voodoo thing where we had two different ones. And then you could pick and like get back to the brew with which one you liked. And then that would become the next seasonal. Um, and I just finished up the recipe development on this fall's vote Voodoo beers. So, so when you do something like that, because so uh, my friend Dave at Shells, every year they do snow, uh, snowstorm. And it's a different beer each time. And it's usually like a, a featured one. Dave gets to pick a different brewer to kind of do a different style. But the number of people that don't realize that that changes with each iteration because the can doesn't change. It's like, wow, this tastes way different than last year. I'm like, yeah, because it's a different fucking beer. Like, like uh, there has to be some maybe confusion for consumers on that. I think there probably is. I think we try to message it out and we have stuff on our website about how, you know, this Hoppy pack will have, you know, XIPA number 11. This hoppy pack will have XIPA number 12. Mm -hmm. The cool thing about that, though, is like we get just excited about new hops and development hops as anyone. And, you know, if we were to put those in a year round Buddha Ranger beer, you know, we, we're like, we want HBC 1019 to go into a beer and we'll need 100,000 kilos of it. And they're like, yeah, the whole world supply is about 2,000 kilos. Yeah. Yeah it gives us a chance to play around with some, some ingredients that we wouldn't be able to play with otherwise. Nice. Okay. So now that we kind of gave that voodoo ranger primer, I guess, uh, why don't we go ahead and jump into, I, I don't want you to say too much about this beer because we do a tasting. So I don't want you to, to say too much about this beer, but uh, anything you want to kind of give us off the bat before we get into it without like no, non-spoilers like first and tell us what you think and then then we can reveal all the secrets mm -hmm. and okay. the actual secrets perfect okay uh, well then we'll go ahead and jump into this thing um uh as always uh we go ahead and crack that thing and do appearance Aaron, I'm not. I'm not pouring it out. I know. No. Well, that, that's I, I'm not going to pour hazy out. Fuck that. I know. I hey, it's good to talk about this for our guests, but yeah, I you, I, I, I you yes, might do well, not pour your thing. hazies out. Don't do it. Don't anyway, fucking you, pour your hazies in a glass. You you might be It said don't pour it out, and the heady heady topper was telling us the future. Don't fucking pour it out of the I can, and we didn't you know, listen. You know how you know how many people said to pour your nitros hard, which is literally the opposite thing you want to do with the nitro because you get the stupid hard? fish eyes on it. It's very dumb. Anyway. Uh, craft beer has done some amazing things, but also some of the dumbest things for beer quality and taught people a lot of bad habits. Anyway, Aaron, appearance. Let's let's forget this. Are you awake? Did you did you take a little yep. nap? Okay. Uh, yep. <laughs> I was just waiting for you guys to get done arguing. Mom, oh, well, Mom that's and never... Dad were arguing, and I was sitting in the corner waiting. <laughs> <laughs> um. We love you equally. Uh, yeah, you're a liar. Um, <laughs> so this is a, you know, it says, right, it's, it's a hazy. It's not crazy hazy. 
it's it it is hazy right but it's not i've had hazies that look like pulpy orange juice this is not that it, it is still very golden in color um i can actually you know if i hold it up and look directly at a light i can still see the outline of the light but it is turbid right there's haze there um i got a really nice head on it when i poured it um i'm getting quite a bit of carbonation release um still after i've poured it it's been a couple of minutes um so as far as hazies goes i've seen way hazier and this is a nice uh orange golden color yeah and it, it does have like like a I, well you can't tell with my my green screen background but it does have a decent like head retention like a good sturdy mm -hmm. head on there you're getting a lot of proteins that are helping to kind of keep that that head strong which is nice uh because it's going to jump into the next thing, which uh, that aroma, uh, it it pops on this. And I think that sturdy head helps kind of reinforce it that. It smells aroma. incredible. It yeah. smells incredible. Like I would say like the Sierra Nevada's sunny wheat, sunny little thing um, has an incredible aroma for a citrus wheat. And this, this hazy has like, I can smell like, just really clean fruit. And so that's really appreciated um, because I, I feel like when we describe citrus in, um, and especially in IPAs for me, I just smell a lot of like overripe citrus, melon, cantaloupe, whatever, melon. Um, and this is just like citrus, like as you like eat it at its freshest point, that's how it smells. I yeah I, I I get what you're saying like there's almost a um there's that sweetness with like almost a little bit of a I don't want to say I don't want to say pithy or rindy but it's got like a like a like a meaty I guess citrus yeah. type of thing going to it like where there where there's just, kind of what's that when Fle fleshy fleshy yeah like when, we'll go when, we'll go with when fleshy I, when I first poured it. I thought it smelled a little bit grapefruity. And then as it sat here and I smell it now, what it smells like to me is more of like a, uh, like a cutie when you yes. peel that or that outside off of it and you get that mm -hmm. spritz of out of it when you, as you peel it, that's what it smells like to me. Yeah. I, yeah, it's, it's great. Um, before we move on, anything you guys want to say about appearance or aroma? The haze is hard, man. The haze is super hard. Stable haze in a longer shelf life product that's distributed nationally and sometimes sits warm is a challenge that we've worked on for years and years and years. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and making that consistent is, it's it's interesting. And to, to your point, Aaron, like those, you know, orange juice, hazy beers, they always drop out. Like they always turn to cottage cheese. And, and to your point, Anya, you don't want to pour it in a glass because you don't want to see a half inch of cottage cheese at the bottom of your glass. And so that's one thing I feel like we've really figured out well. Like you can pour out every one of our hazy beers and you will not see chocolate. You can get one of our hazy beers in uh, Key West or in Alaska. And they're good. Old, they should be pretty close. Gravity catches up to everybody in the end. But like, you know, they should be pretty freaking close and pretty freaking consistent. Yeah, that was the thing I was gonna say is is you're never gonna overcome gravity, but also like those those you know really 
pulpy, thick ones. They uh, they they rust so bad, right? Yeah. And so it's nice to have something where if you get stable haze that isn't just so thick that it turns rusty and it turns brown rather than staying a nice golden yellow orange yeah hue golden rod uh yeah that this thing is romantic i would say like i know podcast podcast listeners like like a lot of beer um you know a lot of breweries don't have time to work on long-term projects so when you get like a brewery like new belgium like you really fucking appreciate it because they've been through so much (laughs) <laughs> like trying to make this this product everything that they package um they put a lot of thought into it so like it's definitely very cool like to always hear those stories about like how much thought and care was you know put into making a hazy which when it started there wasn't a lot of thought and care and so to actually like <laughs> put your feet down and be like, we're actually going to think about this and care about it, like, is definitely incredible. And, like, that's just brand loyalty. Like, you should buy New Belgium beer just based on, like, that, them talking about it. Like, yeah. Seriously. The, 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 the style in and of itself is the antithesis of everything you learn when you're in brewing school or coming up as a brewery about what makes shelf stability. Yes. And and so you're you're constantly fighting the things that say shelf stability says that you eliminate these things and the style says you promote these things. Right. So, right. And so that becomes the biggest kind of question mark. And so when you get a style like this that catches fire and you have to do it. I, like So a friend of mine is the is the the head brewer at the technical center at RAR. And uh, and he you know, he's got a background at like Miller Coors and a bunch of different places. And he. Uh, he got so angry at that, and now he's had to do so much time and testing on on hazies because his job is essentially to make sure that raw products can maximize these things. So the things that he spent an entire career hating, he now has to do. Uh, so yeah, I think that's a great point, Anya. Uh, so I, I I was at the CGC a couple years ago, uh, the one in Nashville, uh, and there was a talk, and it was like haze and beers. Uh, and for something like that, it was very ambiguous the title. So all these brewers showed up thinking that it was me about how to make hazies, but it was the exact opposite. It was hyper academic about like how to minimize. It was like old school, yeah. right stuff. And then there's like, oh, these, yeah. poor, these poor presenters uh, were up there, and like after a while, they're like, and they're like, so here's all the stuff that we thought would make it clear, but I guess you could do the opposite. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. not gonna help. It's not gonna help your shelf sit on a or just, just yeah. sit on a warm shelf for more than five minutes with this. But yeah, go ahead and ignore they, what they, we said. I'm, I'm trying not to exist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So so, Anya, that was that was a really good point. Um, because the other thing about that then is all of these things that can contribute to those things that are detrimental to aroma and detrimental to appearance. Uh, taste, mouthfeel, and finish. What are you getting on taste, mouthfeel, and finish for this thing? Um, so taste, I'm not, I'm getting an, a nice, I can taste the carbonation. And so a lot of problems with hazies for me is that they don't taste like they're carbonated. They kind of taste like still or flat. Mm-hmm. So I can still taste 
you know, some tight bubbles in there. Um, that's not too much. It's not lingering, but it's there. Um, it's dry, which I like. Um, and I taste a lot of fruit forward flavors and they linger in the front and then they go away on the back of my tongue. But that's really enjoyable to me. Um, a lot of hazies that I especially like we have to acknowledge that this is a nine and a half percent hazy Imperial IPA. And a lot of times when people scale up those those IPA hazy recipes, uh, it just turns into a mess, quite frankly. Um, it turns very chalky, um, very boozy, fusel, like diesel. Um, and this is like really like, honestly, I didn't want to like this because I don't fucking like hazies. I really didn't want to like this, but I, and it's a 19.2 and I was like, I'll drink it and then like give it to Jack, but I, I'm going to finish it because the consistency is very, very good. Um, and it's not heavy and it's balanced. Um, somehow it's balanced and that's, you can't really get that. Like worth a drink check. Yeah, it will. It will get a drink check. I will. Drink nice. Check um, nice. Nice. Hopefully people won't think I'm being kidnapped, made it. but yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I, I, I love you because you are such a disaffected, disgruntled, bitter brewer about things like this. It's so perfect. It's so great. Um, it, and yeah, it, I, I would agree. I'm going to I'm going to jump in before I let Aaron even talk about this. Um. Uh, is that you're right. It doesn't have kind of that mouthfeel. Well, first of all, it doesn't have hot burn, right? And that's one of the yeah. biggest things that I always hate yes. about so many hazies is that they have hot burn because I, I honestly, I think 90% of brewers should learn that you could take out half of your hops and get the same amount of hop character that you're, that yes. all you're really doing is just kind of masturbating with the amount of hops you put in there and really just wasting money. That, that's known as true masturbation. It is. <laughs> it is brew masturbation. It, 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 God damn it, Matt! That was really brilliant. Um, but it really so is. Good. Like, there's so many. Uh, I mean, I mean, one of our hazies. Uh, we didn't have the hops, and so we just dry hopped it less and went. Why the fuck were we putting this much hops in as a dry hop? Like. Think about how much Thank money you. we could save annually if we just backed off on this. But like there's hot burn too. Yeah. Well, yes. Oh yeah. And down. so and so with this, there's oh, yeah. losses go down. It's just, it's so many benefits to like operationalizing, optimizing your hops. And if you're thinking about CO2 footprints, like hops have a massive CO2 footprint. And yeah, right. And and, so, and, and 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 as much as as dry hops can contribute to hop creep, uh. Like, why would I want, you know, I can use ALDC or any of these other things, but why would I want to to taunt the devil with all of these things, yes. right? And so what I like about this is, to, to Anya's point, it doesn't have that thick mouthfeel. Uh, it doesn't have hot burn. It also does not taste like the ABV. Yes. It very much does not drink like the ABV, which I love. I'm scared of. <laughs> this is a safe space tim i am i am scared i am scared about how much it doesn't taste like a nine and a half percent hazy imperial like i definitely agree with that i would i would always prefer for 
eight to ten percent beers not to taste like eight to ten percent beers because i just think that they're better balanced at that point yeah it's well yeah and you said that word balanced anya and that is uh that's not a word I would ever associate with this style. And that is a word that I would absolutely well, associate with. Beer. Beer. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You guys actually found what I think is the secret to this beer. And, and I don't think most consumers, your average consumer is not going to find that. Or even your above average, your above average consumer is going to find that. It's actually quite dry. It's got a very high RDF on it. Very low mm-hmm. EA. Very low EA. Most people are like, oh, it's very sweet. And we're like, it is actually not sweet. There is actually very little sugar in there. You know, there is a lot of sweet perception in the aromas and uh, even like, even the visual on it can like make you think you're drinking this big, thick, heavy thing on it. But it's actually very dry. Believe it or not, um, we were kind of taking a page from like a seltzer playbook on this. We were seeing this movement towards drier things. And like, we talked a little bit about like full bodied IPAs. This was actually almost intentionally the antithesis of that. We yeah. were pushing against that as far as we could. And the package is like one point five Plato. Yeah, one point five. Wow. 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 I, I, I mean, th- that doesn't surprise me. I, I, we have a, a, a hazy that finishes. Aaron, I'll let you speak after uh, the adults are done talking. No, I know. I'm impressed. It is one of those things where. Because the style has always been like, you know, shit, some of these guys are finishing off at like three, four degrees, yeah. Plato, right? Uh, 1.5. But it, uh, I, I'm i even impressed because it does not like perceptually strike me as it strikes me as dry, but it, it has like a it's the juiciness kind of counteracts that. So, Aaron, you were saying that it's it, it is dry. Uh, yeah. So. I was going to say and I honestly, I thought. I'm going to say this and I'm going to get ridiculed. Good. Now I feel a little bit better about it, possibly. <laughs> what I'm going to say okay. is one, I think it's there's almost a tartness to it, which is part of the dry. Um, yeah. Right. It's not that cloying sweet. It's it's a much lighter mouthfeel. It's not, you know, really uh, full bodied or anything. It's 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 really nice in that. But what I was going to say on top of that is, you know what it kind of reminds me of? If you say Tang, I'm going to kick you off this podcast. No, no. I was going to say it reminds me a little bit of the Domingo Mimosa Sour. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's it's not it's not exactly the same. Obviously, it's, you know, different construction and everything else. But some of the some of the flavors and some of the the characteristics of this beer remind me of that uh, beer, which was fantastic beer. Yeah, you're absolutely right. There's acidity in there, 100%. It is, it is going to be a lower pH than you would expect for given, given the style. Yeah. yeah, I was sitting here biting my tongue thinking I'm going to get roasted for this because no, I'm completely that, fucking that wrong. One of the most <laughs> observations we've seen. Believe it or not, like... This is you guys have gotten the furthest in figuring this recipe out. And because of the numbers, we know there are fast followers out there. This is the so if anyone wants to shortcut their fast following, listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, uh, believe it or not, uh, some of us, mostly Anya, know exactly what we're talking about with some of this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, Despite I'm being removed from brewery, yeah. yeah. 
So, no, Aaron, the best part about what you said was like, like the, the way you're open about tasting notes is really what brewers need. They don't need to be blown or given a hand job um, or fingered. Um, oh, hey, I'm just saying. There's not a lot of you guys. <laughs> you guys know that there are people you can actually get feedback from, and then there are people who will just like you know get you off. So you just it, you just made Cody leave. You know, no, no. He's like, I can't. I can't listen to this. I gotta go. I, I will. I will agree with Anya <laughs> to the point that what's good about you, Aaron, is that you're not like an idiot when you talk about these things. But was, was that self-deprecating? Because you know I have a rule about that. Uh, what What's the if rule? If Aaron says anything wow. self-deprecating on the pod, everybody drinks. <laughs> That's, right. Oh. That's right. All right. All right. Well, I'd forgotten about that. That is true. Th- thank you, Maddie, for bringing that back up. Um, <laughs> there, There is something that comes up with being a two-timer. Uh, uh yeah. He does remember the rules, including the rules that he invented himself. Um, right. uh, <laughs> but no, I, to Andy's point, I think the nice thing about what you say, Aaron, is that you're not afraid to be honest. And because you <laughs> aren't afraid to be wrong. <laughs> well, but you're no, but no, no, it's not about that. But like, you're not a <laughs> you're not in your own head about this shit because even Anya will tell you that she's in her own head about yeah. this shit right I'm in my yeah. own head about this shit because we overthink this stuff and so when you say tart I went oh shit you're right I wouldn't have picked out tart because I wasn't looking for tart right you weren't looking for anything and I agree there is a certain tartness to this and I don't want to say tart and lead anyone to believe this is a sour but it has a I mean, you said it starts off with like a grapefruit type of, of aroma and it kind of has the same payoff on that at the end where it does have that acidity that helps play with that sweetness. And that's probably and, what helps keep it. And balanced. I love that. It's what helps keep it balanced yeah. for sure. And it's probably what helps hide the, the alcohol, too. Well, Cody is kind of an acid evangelist. Like anytime we're playing around with flavors or, or kind of workshopping a beer. Uh, Cody will always throw in like, what if we drop the pH a little bit? And he's almost always right. Like it adds another another dimension of complexity to it that you wouldn't get without having that that you know it's not just yeah. sweet, it's sweet and bitter and has a touch of sour, and that opens mm-hmm. up so much more. You just went from two D to three D, especially you know? if you're working in in fruit adjacent flavors because all fruit has acid to it. Sure, mm-hmm. like yeah. tomato has acid. Butter. Yeah, so yep. like it's it's weird not to have acid. So like that that's that's a big part of why I do that. You're like you're trying to recreate the experience of, of eating actual fruit. Right. I I like I like uh, two things. One, uh, Maddie, that you said Cody is almost always right, and he didn't even flinch because he just knows. <laughs> um. All- also, that you called him an acid evangelist, which makes me think that there's something entirely different about in, in the workplace at home. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, no, no! I'll, I'll do acid in the workplace. It's fine. Um, <laughs> man after my own heart, <laughs> uh, dude. I, we we have not done a lot. So we recently legal. Side note here: we recently legalized THC seltzers in Minnesota, and we did it totally by accident. Uh. 
uh, what happened was read about this. That's crazy. Yeah. So, so literally what happened was, uh, so we had Delta eight and we had CBD and they went to update things to, to match up with like the hemp law. So it was really just an agricultural bill and some one Democrat who's been trying to push for legalization put in there that Delta nine was in there too, and knew that none of the GOP lawmakers would read and they didn't. And so like, they got all these votes that legalized Delta nine hemp derived THC uh, edibles, which include everything from gummies to seltzers. And we, we have breweries here that are producing their own. They're not even producing seltzers. They're just pr- producing gummies because they can, because, and then you can literally go and buy them at a gas station. Like you don't, there's no like get buzzed in, talk to three different people, swipe your passport fingerprint anything it's like you just show up to a gas station and you get delta nine and so for us it's been a big boon for the breweries because we're already making seltzer uh people can just come in and buy a four pack of our thc seltzer walk out the door and it's great um but it does mean that uh on the days that we're packaging because we are very worried that uh you know it's an emulsion right it's not water soluble but it's an emulsion that there's stratification in the tank. Uh, we want to make sure that things are going. So it does mean that quality um, assurance happens a little bit more frequently on a packaging day for THC seltzer than it does maybe on beer. Uh, and I've maybe um, been a little bit more rigorous about quality assurance on THC packaging days than maybe I should have. Wow. This is like a By the end of the day, Tim is seeing butterflies. In there <laughs> no, it, I mean it's 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 not that bad, but uh, it is. It, I mean, we're ours are five milligrams. They're not anything that's that's gonna. Is there do alcohol anything. in your THC seltzer too, or is it just? No, I TTB uh, will still not allow you to put alcohol oh, and yeah. THC together, that's, regardless. That's yeah. yeah, that that's the one thing that that you wouldn't be able to get away with. Um, We've already copyrighted crunk juice in case you can't, that ever goes legal. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, I, I've always said that what I wanted to do is I make a gin and tonic with the THC seltzer and I call it a gin and chronic. Oh. Uh, we, had, we had a beer called gin and chronic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, no, it's so like, it, so in, in Minnesota, any package can be up to 50 milligrams, but the serving size can't be any more than five milligrams of serving. But you could literally make a 10 ounce can with 50 milligrams and say that a, a serving size. Yeah, yeah. You can literally say it's 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 a five ounces per serving if you wanted to. because uh, that, that's it's it's the wild west here. Uh and I think regulation is probably the right thing, but it's kind of fun right now to see what's going on. But we're we're now 16 ounce can, five milligrams. It's nice and 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 uh safe and approachable. I think it's the wild upper Midwest, don't you know? Oh Jesus Christ. That... <laughs> oh, Jesus. God damn it. <sighs> Matt, Matt, I hate and love you at the exact same time. At the risk Matt, Matt, at the risk of sounding like your wife, you're the worst and best thing ever. Oh wow. That was that was uh anyway. So yeah, sorry, side note as we talked about acid. Uh, let's get back to this beer that also has acid that that our resident acid acid evangelist uh, Cody Rife wants to talk about. Uh, um, yeah, is, I there, do, is there anything we missed? 
you know, during the tasting, yeah. anything you want to point out that we didn't cover? No, I think you guys did an incredible job of like pulling that beer apart. And, and thank you for being open to it. This, this is like, I don't know, this is ostracized us in, in beer culture a little bit, craft beer culture to some extent, because, because of what it is and when, and, and where it's sold to. I don't know if you guys read the Vine Pair article today. Maddie actually recommended it to me. We're talking about, you know, beer culture, craft beer culture in America and how it's got to go into new spaces. And they specifically mentioned New Belgium going into convenience. Right. And that that is why you talked earlier about having a hard time finding this. And then Maddie said that you, you'll be able to find it at gas station. This is actually where we've seen a real, a real boom is, is it in convenience and it's a single serve uh, container. So like it's it's been that has been the most revolutionary thing New Belgium's probably done in the last five years. Right. And all of a sudden we just dominate in convenience. And you know where it all started? It started with one of our San Diego salespeople. It was like, you know, in this town, I cannot get a handle. Like getting a fat tire handle in San Diego in yeah. you know, 2010s, I mean, you, yeah. could, you could perform all kinds of acts and still not get that. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't buy a cooler big enough to get fat tire handle. Yeah. You could give them $500 and yeah. a fat tire and they would get fine. Right. Yeah. And he was like, but what about convenience stores? And that was probably six, seven years ago. That was Chris Flynn. Yeah. Um, and since then, we've gone deep in convenience and then had these, you know, the packages and the ABV and the flavors and everything is all kind of coalesced into this juggernaut all of a sudden. So, so, so hear me out selling it out of the trunk of your car off the exit 90 on the turnpike. I think that's where you're going to get the most like readily available, most convenient consumers. And that's where Aaron goes to buy most of his goods. Oh, we should have started there then. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there's a lot of people on the corners of the I-5 corridor here in Seattle. (laughs) (laughs) And Aaron, I will tell you, you mentioned earlier about not wanting to get like a full 12 pack of this. This beer is bulletproof. We've tried it in Shell and it is immaculate. Yeah, like it get, is, a, get a twelve pack, put it in your fridge, go on six month cruise, and come back, and it's still going to be will taste the same. Yeah, yeah. I mean, now that I've had it, you know, part of my reservation is, you know, I hadn't had it yet. It's like buying a bottle of whiskey for me, right? If I haven't had it, it's it's hard to commit to the full bottle of whiskey. Yeah. yeah. Um. So to buy a twelve pack, I'm like, boy, if I don't for some reason like this, you know, then I got, you know, oh. eleven of these things. To oh, ye of little so, faith. Well, I know yeah, it's fucking New Belgium. Back in our fridge, 100%. The, the one, the cranberry fucking ale, the Dennis Leary quote about. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we 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 did a we yeah. did a beer advent calendar at the brewery where everyone went and found someone else's beer and and brought it in, and there are three beers that are in my fridge from the beer advent calendar, and I don't know if you guys recognize that this is near the end of March and nowhere near the advent season, and those three beers will probably still be in my fridge next advent calendar. Uh, I, I had beer that I moved multiple times at one point. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not going to deal with this now. Let's put it in the new fridge. Yeah. And then I moved it again. <laughs> you know, I like, like man... I love peanut butter. I'll get down on a peanut butter sandwich. I love me some Reese's Pieces. I struggle with peanut butter beers. And so when people put a peanut butter beer in an advent calendar, I'm like, how drunk am I going to get before I go ahead and crack into that thing? Well, and not to mention as, as brewers, like 
don't we all have so much beer around all the time? Oh, yeah, all the time. Yeah, yeah I was going to ask about your cellars. Like, what does it actually look like now for the two of you, uh, cellar-wise? So my wife gets after me if I have a beer that sits around too long. She's like, are you going to drink this or not? Because I'm just going to get rid of it. So I don't really have a cellar. Um, I watch too many good beers die in a cellar. And I'm, I'm opposed to them. <laughs> there, I have a, a few special beers that I know will age well and I can sit on for a while. But I found, especially with like larger format stuff, it's it sucks because like you'll sit yeah. on waiting for the right person to be there to try with. And then, then yeah. you finally get to that point, it's gone. It's too, yeah. it's past. And that's like, that's a funeral. That's not the, there. There are four beers in my fridge that are all 750s that I know I'm not going to drink by myself, but I don't know when the fuck I'm going to have someone else that I want to drink that with. Yeah, the occasion is just so rare that, yeah. yeah. So Cody, are, are they stouts? He threw in January, he bought a case of Orval, a two cases, two cases yeah. of Orval, uh, and had a bunch of the party, but then that's going to be around forever, but it's still Orval and it's going to age and be amazing. Yes, well, that's, yeah. again, back to the beauty of our law. <laughs> yeah, l- yeah, like like one one of my seven is is a fooder, uh, aged uh, Brett Beardegard that I'm not, I'm not worried about how that's going to age. But at the same time, I'll when the fuck am I to get around to to doing that? Because I'm certainly not going to sit down and drink that by myself. And I, I don't well, like any of my beer nerd friends enough to ever invite them over to my house. So <laughs> <laughs> the truth comes out. Not people you want to hang out with. Oh, oh! We talk about this all the time on 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 the Three Beards Media Slack because Anya always accuses me of having like like beer industry groupies, and I'm like, I don't want to date anyone in this industry. Like, stay. No, that's the opposite. So I'm never going to be like, I'm never going to date someone that I'm going to try to impress with with a barrel aged, a fooder aged beer to guard. Uh, well, I don't think you lead with that, Tim. Like, you're not on your tender going, hey, girl, I have food or age beer. What? Come on over. For, you know, for, like, first of all, I'm not on Tinder. Tinder's for ugly people. Um, whoa, whoa. Hey, hey, hey. If Tinder's ever sponsored. Sorry about that. Whoa. Hey. The kids love Tinder. You can't say that. Well, I don't want to date the kids. So, yeah, I can say that. That's fine. Um, that's not uh, what the slack says. Anyway. Uh, whatever. Uh, no, we're going we're gonna to go down <laughs> a very dark road here very soon if we keep this conversation up. Um, but no, it, it, it is something <laughs> where the celery just gets... I, I, I'm a big proponent. Like, I used to have, uh, like, back when I was a home brewer, I had, like, a spreadsheet of, like, what the age something was and tasting notes and all this shit. Cause I was a total nerd. Um, I, and then like, I became a big proponent of drink your cellar, but there are some, it's sometimes it's hard to drink your cellar. If it's a beer that is a large format, like you said, or so, so we'll do it at the, at the uh, three beards media annual meeting. Okay. This summer. Oh, yeah. Right. We're going to have, where is it going to be? Right. Where? Where is we're it going to be in Iowa? Probably like Des Moines. We're, no, we're yeah, going we go to Des Moines. We're going to we're going to yeah. make you fly to Des Moines, Anya. Oh, oh we should boy. do something. We should do something even worse. We should make you fly to Lincoln, Nebraska. Can we come? Yeah, you can. Yes. You, yes. you guys, you guys are more than welcome. Please, yes, go. Okay. If, I'll, I'll bring the the thing in the furthest back of my beer fridge. 
Bring I, bring that perfect. original uh, Transatlantic Creek. Yeah, yeah. I think I have a 2015 Abyss. Oh, oh yes. The uh, that somebody gave me as a gift that I can bring. So, uh, so. Wooden ship, by the way, wooden ship names their THC seltzer Abyss, which I thought was going to be an overlap, mm-hmm. but since it's a, it's kind of a different, they yeah. haven't gotten like a, a cease and desist, but they also did it because you can get a can Abyss. And I oh, think, Jesus. I know. I know. Uh, as much as I hate fucking it, it's fired. Just Dude, fucking we na- fired. I did a collab with Pizza Port OB and we named it Choose Your Own Adventure and we got a cease and desist for a draft. Well, on that I, one well the thing is that you um from highlights you worked in a in a market where people care. highlights highlights like highlights magazine like yes like the, they were like, Fuck like the thing, no like the thing where like i i i find out what is missing when i'm at my child's dentist office that yes, highlights magazine yes. they came for us hard the uh the that's awesome story i ever heard was from uh um, uh, Noah uh, Brewing Company down in New Orleans, obviously. Yep. Uh, they had a beer called Mecca Hotzilla. And yeah. All of the Godzilla intellectual property is actually owned by the country of Japan. So they got a cease and desist from the country of Japan for Mecca, Mecca Hotzilla. And the owner, uh, who, who doesn't own the company anymore, very wisely was like, Older lawyer, do whatever you can to keep this going as long as possible. Like keep yeah. this in the legal system as long as possible because this is just PR. Now. Yeah. Well, there's that's so, incredible. Do you remember when 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 Budweiser had that dilly dilly commercial? Oh the, shit! Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. I uh, I a local brewery here named a beer dilly dilly. It was like a light lager. The name dilly dilly, and. And AB did send them a cease and desist, but they did it by sending like a guy in medieval garb and like read it out loud, uh, like as a proclamation. Um, I respect that. I don't on that. It was, it was, yeah, it was kind of a baller move by AB to be like, we're so invested in this thing, and then like they basically said to 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 this brewery like, hey, sell out of like whatever you had. It's fine. Don't ever make it again. But yeah. by the way, we don't care if you use this as like a marketing tool. Like that was the most that was the most perfect way to do a cease and desist. Is we know we know if we sue you, you're gonna be able to use it as marketing. So we might as well lean in on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll still use our muscle to be like, hey, don't do this again, but we'll at least kind of lean in on it. And it was it was kind of badass. I I like I hate breweries that are chasing cease and desists for the marketing yeah. thing. Right. No, I right. I think I'm gonna brew voodoo for witches. Are you gonna sue me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've, I've, our, our legal team is listening. No, you're okay. <laughs> they just been alerted. Well, well, then they are really not gonna like that. I also rebranded my tap fire beer to be lighter in color and body. <laughs> oh man i've been so i think the last time you were here matt we i talked about the fact that i might be getting colorado as part of my territory for my day job yeah totally um and and i did 
I've been to Colorado twice this year. So and you haven't looked one them of up. these days. Well, I haven't. They've always been they've been pretty short trips because it's been kind of last minute. So I will come and see you guys sometime. Um, yeah, please do. And and buy and buy you some beers on on bitter units and for coming. Tim on and Anya, that the invitation goes out to you guys too for sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, when when I come out, like you bet, I want to get in the barrel room. I want to see all the goodies. I want to see. She wants to climb inside a barrel. Yes, yeah. I do. Yeah, no. If you if you want to engage me, I will give you the three and a half hour tour for sure. Yeah, I want I want I want the VIP <laughs> yes. tour for sure. Yeah, we went to VIP. I don't think that I could talk to you for more than five minutes, Matt. Like literally, just pour <laughs> me a beer and shut up. Hey, um, hey Tim. <laughs> Tim, you've already talked to him for more than five minutes. I hate to break it to you. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> this that's fair. pod has been more than five minutes. No, that's fair. No, no, it'd be good. And and by the way, uh, same goes for you guys. If you ever want to come to Minneapolis, uh, please do. Uh, we do have a surprisingly vibrant brewing scene. We are not uh, San Diego like Anya. Uh, we're not everywhere. Oh, shots fired. <laughs> no, no, wow. I, no, that's what I'm saying is, is we don't have that good of a scene. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, yeah, whatever. But if you guys come to San Diego, I promise we'll do tacos and I'll mix in some views and beaches with breweries. Uh, like I, I won't just take you guys to breweries, you know, I, and show you off like shiny trophies. I, ooh, shiny. I will say, I visiting Anya, uh, we went and got food. Uh, what was that food truck? It was a shawarma food truck that like. Two years later was like the number one food truck in like oh, the US. Like it I was, grew up on Yelp. It was so good. It really was. It was it good. Was, yeah. If, yeah. If, yeah. If you got if you guys want to join Tim and I in camping out in uh Chuckanut Brewery's yard, you could do that. Yeah. Um, oh, I love Chuckanut. <laughs> yeah, that's a real that's a real that. brewery for just real fans. And, <laughs> just going and pitching a tent in their their yard. <laughs> I love Chuckanut. Yeah. Oh man! Yeah, that's about as good as a trip as I can give you probably here. So, but if you come to Seattle for anything, obviously look me up. So, but um, you guys have anything else you want to add? Anything else you want to plug? Any more breaking news you want to give before we let you guys go? Because we've yeah, we've used up it, a lot anything you want to accidentally tell our listeners? <laughs> No, I mean, Maddie and I, we do a, a streaming show. If anyone wants to check that out, that's pretty cool. We, we're on Twitch uh, on uh, 3.30 Mountain Time. Um, we just generally talk about beer stuff. It's it just them playing Mario Kart, but yeah. Oh, we played we play Mario Kart on there before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We played Tapper on there during the show, which was awesome. Well, actually, it's one of the fun things about the Voodoo Ranger brand. Uh, a, a co-worker of ours, uh, Patrick, he has... Uh, help build this video game culture with that brand. Yes. And it's this like largely untapped space for a lot of alcohol or craft beer, especially. And so uh, he's done a really good job. So that's why we're on Twitch. And then, like, a lot of the people those 14 year old nerves are going to get reach drinking age at some point. Might as well. <laughs> brand loyalty. A lot of, so that's a, I don't see those consumers anywhere else than, right. than where we see that. And we have like, Food Ranger brand has like 40 paid streamers that have to, you know, drink on air and talk about the beer and have the logo up. Um, and Patrick is actually at uh, PAX East right now in Boston, the big gaming convention. Um, and he's the only beer there. He has a whole beer garden right there. So it's, uh, if you want to, if you log into Twitch, 
twitch.tv slash official. And uh, all our archive shows are there. We nerd all the way out. On yeah. that. Send, send that to Tim. Uh, and we'll link it into the episode. Yeah, for sure. Because I won't remember this 20 minutes from now. <laughs> Thanks, Aaron. I have to check that out. Twitch, I didn't know you guys. I knew Twitch. you guys had like an esports thing going on, but that's really cool. Like that is an untapped thing, and and you guys really that, that's pretty balls. I, when I read it, I was like, this is pretty ballsy of New Belgium to be like, we're going full esports. Best marketing dollar you can spend because the you know yeah these days not going to watch TV ads or print or whatever, but they'll listen to somebody playing their favorite game who's also like, I love this beer. And, and to uh, Patrick's credit, like Patrick, this is not like this is Patrick's life. Yeah, you know, so he's he's doing it in a very authentic way. He like developed this program and like wanted to incorporate these two parts of his life together, and he's just done it seamlessly. So it, it's really fun to be a tiny part of it. And I don't understand most of what's said over there, <laughs> but, but I enjoy enjoy my time there. <laughs> just go twitch yourself. Just say it. I'm going to twitch myself tonight, everybody. Uh, um... That's our show, folks. We'd like to thank <laughs> Matt and Cody oh, uh, God. for joining us. And we've officially been canceled. Yeah, no. Um, I Seriously, I, I do want to say, Matt, thank you very much for coming back as a two-timer. Um, uh, thank you very much for bringing on, on Cody. Cody, a uh, wonderful guest. If you ever want to come back, uh, we will happily have you on. I would I would love to be a two timer when it's right. Right. Yes. <laughs> with, with when the time is right. Yeah. Given the opportunity <laughs> to be a two timer. Getting flashbacks to what uh, <laughs> it's flashbacks of what Anya admonished me for on my dating life on Slack. Um anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, none of them are listening yeah, to this, Tim. That's why I invite you on. Yeah, yeah. this is a blast. Oh, oh man, I'm very, I'm very. Sorry. All right. Well, please do check out all of the other podcasts on Three Beards Media. Um, a lot of really great content. Um, not so much this show, <laughs> but the other shows are hey. really good. Um, go drink your Belgium. Go go get a hoppy go, mix pack and yeah, uh go, dude, like seriously, go it's shelf stable. Like I trust their dates. They pro they I do say that New Belgium cycles out their beer. So like I haven't really found old New Belgium beer on the on the shelf, and that's in this yeah, day and age, like they're not called no, old mine, Belgium. Mine's, mine says September on the can. So you know that's September twenty two. That's pretty good. Yeah. 20 23 what? I was like oh, oh, oh. okay but no no but yes, sorry i should have clarified you right you should have clarified says, that aaron it says 3 september 23 yeah so so it, you know, anyway you know it's fresh to aaron's point please go ahead and check out all the other podcasts on the three beards media network i can't even name them all because like chris has seven podcasts he's now a part of i don't even know all of that <laughs> Um, uh well he stopped his daily one so he's only got six oh, okay. Okay. okay um but anya's podcast fill in the blank which 
Eventually, I'll get back to. Is um, due for a new episode? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, I know. Um, I know. I know. I know. Let me let me um, work out my feelings. But yeah. Well, hot, while she, while she and I could, happy hour. Yeah. Um, hot mess happy hot hour. Mess Definitely happy check hour. out hot mess happy hour. Sigh of the storm. I was run. Come on, yeah. dude. Yeah. Sigh of the storm. Correct. Yes. Um, Don't forget old man strength. There yeah, old man, old man strength, strength. Correct. Yeah. With Tim and yeah. Chris. man, look at you. That's... And then Bill. What's the name of the pod with Chris and Bill? It's uh, damn it. This is a bad part of the pod. Anyway, yeah, I, it's like my beer. We're alter- real professional. I drink a nine and a half percent beer. Yeah, um, we drink a nine and a half percent beer. When we started. Yeah. I'm. Yeah. I'm twenty six percent into this night. Oh, um, goodness. you good bro uh, yeah i'm good hey, but anyways check out all the stuff there you can find us at threebeardsmedia.com you can find bitter units at bitterunits.com please rate review and subscribe to the podcast i know you're already here but you know we could use some ratings um and downloading helps would be helpful download all the, the podcast all, all the algorithm um as, as much as anything because all of anything we can generate monetarily off of this stuff actually goes to helping other people start podcasts we're not trying to make any money so go do that so we can get more voices out there that's what we're trying to do so please help us out by rating and getting us up the rankings as much as possible um anya anything you want to say before we go uh just you know it's uh really cool to talk to two from new belgium so you know go support the brand um not just voodoo ranger but you know if you see fat tire you know i will go grab the new fat tire i will i will commit to that i will drink check it um because for me craft beer when i got into it what got me into it was knowing people's stories and they keep badgering us over the head about telling your story and making sure that you know you connect to your customers and and new belgium's one of the breweries who are actually telling a story so go go support that like seriously Tim, anything you want to contribute keep 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 on keep on trucking and that's all i got Jesus Christ. God damn, God damn it, Tim. God damn it. Matt, I set you up to be Cody? like, hey. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. That's that's why I had to be as uh, articulate and as insightful wow. and as oh, witty God, with my like repartee as left. possible. <laughs> oh. uh, Matt, Cody, anything else? Um, yeah, no, just keep enjoying that beer and uh, we'll keep making it. Thank you so much, Perfect. Rob. Thank you very much for having us. Again, it's a privilege for me. Yeah, absolutely. These are these are the discussions we love having. So for sure. It's, it's well, awesome. We we really appreciate it. Um couldn't couldn't be more appreciative, to be honest with you. I mean, sure. um nobody wants to listen to just me and Tim. So um we really appreciate you guys coming on. And uh as far as the listeners go. You know, I hope you enjoyed the episode and we'll see you next time. Here come the guitars. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Uh...